back to me. And about a year ago, the Lord spoke to me about our church. And he said, um, concerning our church, you are a beacon in the night. And you know, I don't use that word. So I had to look it up. <laughs> I had to look it up. What, what is it he's saying? You are a beacon in the night. And so he spoke that last year. And then about, I'll say four days ago, I had a dream. And in this dream, um, Clayton and I had a couple of couples, three to be exact, come and um, come to us for fellowship and, and, and for, for prayer and, and counsel. And um, in this dream, we gave it to them. And then in the next um, day or two, they came to church on Sunday. And um, so what were we doing? We were showing the love of Jesus and letting our light shine, and it impacted them, and then they came to church, okay? But then when I was talking to the Lord about it, I said, Lord, what it was the full, I mean, I understood the dream in itself, but what was the full meaning of the dream? He began to talk to me regarding that word from last year. He said, you are a beacon in the night, when my people find themselves in a dark place, they are going to be drawn to you, not to, to, to us individuals, yes, but to us as a church. They are going to be drawn to you, a place of safety that is set up high under the shadow of my wing and my glory and presence. They will find safety, they will find healing, and they will find deliverance. I will draw my people like a moth to a flame, they will come. Yes, even in droves, they will come to you. And so um, when God speaks a word, how many of you know that he watches over his word and performs it? It's, it's really not anything we can do except for if he gives you like an assignment or to co-labor together with him. And what I believe today is, is like a kind of a refresher and a, a reminder of who we are and what we have, and the fact that we're co-labors together with God um, in the fulfillment of this word. He spoke it, right? And he's going to make it good, which means that he's going to bless whatever you set your hand to to accomplish this word. Praise God. And so let's look at the word beacon. kind of looks like bacon for those of you thinking about breakfast. But beacon is a fire or a light set up high in a prominent position as a warning, a signal. Um, and so another, um, in the Bible definition, a beacon is a lighthouse, a house erected on a point of land or another place um, on a seacoast with lamps that burn bright to give direction to preserve vessels from running into rocks or sandbanks or the shore. A beacon may be a light or a mark intended for direction or security against danger. Isn't that interesting that in this dream, we were just fellowshipping with, with people who are going through marital problems. Um, but they, we were fellowshipping, having dinner with them, and then they came to church and the Lord spoke to me about us but also about us as a church, that we are a beacon in the night and that he's drawing people by his spirit to, to receive from that light, to receive from that glory. We've kind of always been that way. Like when we started a church in North Carolina, like, I don't know, was it seven years ago now or eight? Anyways, we were in North Carolina. Everybody that came were people that were church hurt from somewhere else meaning like they weren't going to church. We didn't steal anybody. They weren't going to church because they had been hurt from different things, and God drew them by his spirit to bring healing 
Isn't that cool? Well, this is what this is what God wants to do for people. People who are hurting and people who are, yes, lost and need salvation, but people are out there wandering and they're hurting and, and they're without uh, protection. They're without a shepherd to guide them. They're without um, God. You know, they're, they're, they're hurting and they're needing help and, and they, they're grasping at straws trying to figure out, you know, how do I keep my marriage together? How do I do this and that? Well, God wants to bring them under his wing where there's protection where there's direction, where there's deliverance. And how cool is that, that he gave this dream and gave this super clear explanation, and it actually happens to be the word he gave me a year ago about the ministry. 1 John 1.5 says, God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. All right? So we are filled with who? God. And he is light. So what should we be? But light, we should let our light shine before men so they may know our Father in heaven. And who is our Father? He's the Father, God of, of healing, of salvation, of deliverance, of freedom. And, and we have all this, this treasure, this answer in our earthen vessel, the Bible says, so that the excellency, the power, the light of God would be revealed in us and through us. But how often... Do we shy away from letting that light shine? I think it's funny. I have to bring this up. It's, it's too weird, too funny. Um, so Clayton, I always bring him up, but this is literally like moth to a flame. This is what happens to him. He goes into work, and moth to a flame, instantly people start gravitating towards him with needs. He's like a pastor to his workplace. Um, why? Why would they do that? Because they know he's a believer and they know that he'll pray for them. They know these things where somebody else, they might not even know you're a believer and they don't know they can get prayer from you and they don't know that you might have godly answers. But if they knew, they would tr attract you like a moth to a flame. Anyways, we were at the mall. I'm not going to tell you what we were shopping for, but we were Christmas shopping. And, you know, like a regular man, Clayton decided, I'm going to go sit somewhere while you shop. <laughs> and he took a picture of himself of where he found a spot to sit while I shopped. And then I was supposed to find him afterwards. And <laughs> I called him. I was like, I don't know where this is. I don't know where this is. And finally, he described where it was. And I looked, and he's in, what is that, Pottery Barn? He's in a display case. It, it was like Pottery Barn. I don't remember. Um, you know, where uh, it's like a furniture store in Mayfair Mall where they have couches right there in the window. And he's in this lovely Christmas display sitting on a couch. It doesn't say don't sit here. So he's sitting there with perfect view of where I'm going to come out of the store. Okay. And um, so finally, I come out of the store. He tells me where, I, where he is, and I find him, and he's sitting there, and he has a young man sitting there with him. And I recognize this guy, and he used to go to the church years, I'll say 15 years plus ago. Um, but he was one of these ones who was always gravitating to Clayton. And he, let me tell you this, he actually stopped, not because he recognized him. He stopped and went in and sat down next to him because he told him he liked his haircut didn't even realize that he knew him. And I just feel like that is so God, that's like such a God thing, that, that he would draw somebody who doesn't even realize they recognize you. And then, the, and then we're in the mall and we're in um, pain for something in Macy's, and there's a lady behind us, and we kept taking double takes of the lady behind us. I was talking to her for a while, 
but Clayton's like, she used to go to our church. <laughs> and I was like, no, no. And I was like, don't say that, you know. So he got to talking, and no, she'd never been. But um, anyways, we ended up inviting her to church. But the whole point is, like, not to be so busy and not to be so closed off or so afraid or, or you know, worried about what people are going to think or what people are going to say or whatever. They need help. They're looking for hope. They're looking for healing and deliverance. And unless, the Bible says, unless we tell them, how are they going to hear without a preacher? And by the way, the moment you receive Jesus Christ, you now are a preacher. Whether you have a microphone or not, you are a preacher. The Bible says go out now into all the world and preach the gospel to every living creature. And if you have to, go ahead and start with your squirrels. <laughs> you know, practice what you need to say. But the Holy Spirit will give you the words to say, he said, in that same hour. We, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we had a word that the Lord released, and it was, I think it was activate. It's time to become mobile, body. It's time to become mobile doing the work of Christ. You know, don't wait for the next great evangelist just to gather, you know, thousands. We, by, you know, each one of us reaching two, three, four people a, a day or a week could reach thousands in a week. And God will guide them like a moth to a flame if you'll let your light shine. Or like a person checking you out in a window. <laughs> I thought that was so funny. Um, so God is light. In him, there's no darkness at all. And so he is in us. And so we should let him shine through us. Are you a beacon of hope to those you encounter? Do you give them the time of day? I've learned a lot from Clayton, personally. I've grown in that kind of area where I become comfortable in the outside-the-church-walls setting. All of us have areas that we need to grow. And that was an area I needed to develop and I needed to grow. But ask yourself that. Am I a beacon of light? Something that people are drawn to? Something that, that um, says this is a safe place? Something that where, where people just start opening up and spilling their guts to me for some reason because they feel like I'm a safe place. They, and for some reason, God's pulling it out of them because you're hope. Because you're a listening ear. Because you're showing them attention that they aren't, they aren't getting anywhere else. Are you a beacon for those who encounter you? The world desperately needs hope. And we have the living hope on the inside of us. I don't think we realize that sometimes. That treasure that we have isn't some secret. Yeah, it's a pearl of great price. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a treasure. It truly is that we know Jesus and we're going to go to heaven. But it's not a treasure that should be kept in a box, stored away in a safe, in a vault <laughs> to never be used. It's a treasure that we should share with the whole world. You know what I mean? Some of us are taking it like a treasure that we need to vault it in, seal it up, and don't ever let anybody know we found it. That's not the kind of treasure we found. We found one that is for the whole world. He is the living hope for the whole world. And without him, we would be lost. And the world is lost without him. And think about this. They're lost. And they will continue to circle the sea of life. 
They will continue to circle in their ship of life if they don't see a lighthouse. You are a lighthouse. You are a city on a hill. The Bible says, which cannot be hid, but so many of us try so hard to hide. You are the hope in this darkness. Lighthouses are set up high so that the, the world and, and those in the darkness can see the light so they don't ram into, you know, the shore or the rocks or, or whatever is coming up. Um, captains guide their ship through the dark by these bright lights. Beacons, beacons warn of danger. Beacons bring safety and protection. And that's who we are and who we are as a church. So if we think of ourselves that way, we'll, we're more likely to let our light shine. We're more likely to realize we've got purpose. We're here to embrace the unlovable. <laughs> We're here to, to forgive the, unforgiv the unforgivable. I don't know. We're, we're, we're here to do that which Jesus did for us. Amen? We didn't deserve him dying for us, but yet he did anyways, and he did that for them too. So Hebrews 6.19 tells us we have this hope as an anchor for our soul, firm and secure. Now, we're firm and secure, but they aren't. Not without you being a light. So we're a light to show the way to safety. And this church is a, a place of safety. And the Lord spoke to us um, earlier in the year that we, are a, we have a canopy of the glory here, a protection. And, and really, it's Psalms 91. It's, it's a secret place. It's like a covering where, where he keeps you, where he protects you under the shadow of his wing. And, and so we think of ourselves as a, as a safe place for people. And it's really not like, well, we're better. You know, it's, it's no, God sees us as a safe place that will bring people in, that will protect them, that will bring healing, deliverance, freedom, and all that. And that's why he's declaring it or speaking it. In Psalms 91, so really, essentially, he's speaking this over us. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will find rest under the shadow of the Almighty, or whoever comes in will find the rest they've been looking for. I will say of the Lord, he's my refuge, my fortress, my God, whom I trust. Surely he will save me from the fowler's snare and from deadly pestilence. So people who are going through harsh things in this world, because we know there's trouble in this world. Jesus warned us of it. They can find rest. They can find safety. They can find uh, a freedom or the counsel or direction that they need as he draws them here. He will cover you with his feathers. Under his wings, you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield. You will not fear of terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor pestilence that stalks in darkness, nor plague that destroys at the midday. When different... Uh, Weird things happen in this world. We don't have to fear, right? We don't have to fear because we're living under the shadow. I mean, we live in wisdom, but we live under the shadow of the Almighty. We live in this secret place where we're protected 
by God, the one who created the heavens and the earth. A thousands fall at your side, ten thousands are dying around you, but it will not come near you or your dwelling. Why? Because we're hiding under God's shadow. Nothing can penetrate. Hallelujah. And I'm going to stop there, but you can read the rest of it. But really, he wants to bring his people who are wandering in darkness to a place of safety. But if we try to hide who we really are, and really who we are is, is a place that allows God to do and say what he wants to do and say. You know, Pastor Nick asked me what the agenda was for today, and I always make kind of a tentative list, but I heard the Lord say, play it by ear. <laughs> so I straight up told him, I made a list, but I heard, I told him, I was like, this is the plan, but I'm going to play it by ear. <laughs> Why? Because it's not our service. It's his. And he directs our footsteps. He leads and guides us along right paths. And he has a certain plan and path in mind for every service, as well as every day that you have. Amen. So we're a beacon as a church, but we're also a beacon as individuals for this world. We're a light. The Bible says we're a city on a hill, Matthew 5, 13 through 16. Jesus says this, you are the salt of the earth. <laughs> but what good is it if it's lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown and trampled underfoot as worthless. So if you're salt and you're not salty, then he says it's worthless. Do your job. Be salty. <laughs> Do your job. <laughs> Give them a taste to see that God is good. You are a light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. A beacon. You are. No one lights a lamp, like in your own right mind. <laughs> you wouldn't light a lamp and put it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives you light for everyone in the house to see. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so everyone may praise your Father in heaven. So everyone may know your Father in heaven. So... We're not called, and the Bible says that we're strangers and aliens of this world. We're called to stand out. We're called to be different. We're called to, to be a light in a dark world where they can be drawn to you like a moth to a flame. It's supposed to be that way. It's okay. Because that's how they're going to know that you know something they don't. When you have joy in the midst of a storm, when you have peace in the midst of turmoil in the world, they'll know that you have something they don't, and they'll ask you. God will draw them to you. We want to stand out. We want to be different. We don't want, as individuals, but also as a church, we don't want to be, and I'm sorry if you live in one of these neighborhoods, we kind of do, a cookie-cutter church. Right? So there's those, those neighborhoods where all the houses look the same, and they call them cookie-cutter houses. Well, 
They may be different on the inside, but on the outside, you kind of feel like you're in the same house over and over. Anyways, we don't want to look like everybody else. We don't want to do the same exact thing as everybody else. What we want and what everybody should want, but what we want because we are a beacon and he has spoken it to us, we want to stand out. And how are we going to do that? We're going to do it by doing everything that he says to do. In in the extended, you know, long term as well as each individual service where we have ears to hear and we have eyes to see what the Spirit is saying and doing. And by that, we stand out. And by that, it brings healing or deliverance, right? It brings um, freedom. It brings um, impartation or whatever it is that God has for us. We, we are not, and I'll say this, we are not ever going to hide the Holy Spirit in a back room somewhere. This is his service, right? And, and there was a, a season of not that for this church, but, but in Christianity where, where that was a thing, where, you know, so. But we're not to hide under a bushel as a church or as individuals. You know, I know that I'm not the only one who has gone about by business not necessarily like, no, no, denying Christ. You know, I'm not a Christian. Like, you know, Peter was like, no, I don't know him. We don't want to do that, first of all. <laughs> we don't want to deny Christ. But every day that we don't acknowledge people that God is highlighting to us, that we're supposed to talk to, that we're supposed to shine our light to, you know, just talk a little bit and see where it goes. Every day that we don't do that, we are putting a bushel over our light. And we need to make sure we're not doing that. A beacon in the night, the last thing you want to do is cloud it. You know? Do you ever, um, we went to fireworks a number of years ago in Chicago. And I don't know if you remember, that was like a major fog on 4th of July a number of years ago. And we were literally, they were shooting them right over the lake, and we were right where you're we supposed to see them, and we couldn't see a thing. They still let off a few, and we could not see anything at all. The fog was so thick. That is not what we want. We don't want to be so clouded that nobody can see our light. We want to stand out, and we don't want there to be fog in the way, which means don't try to hide it. Don't try to be like the world. Don't try to do like the world. Don't try to look like the world. Don't try to talk like the world because you're supposed to be different and stand out. You know? Just because everybody around you at work is cussing doesn't mean that you should start it up. That's not a testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ, that you know him, or that he lives in you, not even that you know him. Would Jesus go around just because he's with the tax collectors and that was their regular language? No. He says for us to be like Christ. That's why we're called Christians. Be like Christ. In Psalms 43, 4, he says, send out your light and your truth and let them lead me. Notice, he's sending out his light. This is a signal we send out. When you walk, when you wake up in the morning, you should be like, I'm the light of the world. Isn't that kind of crazy? But you are. I'm the light of the world. I'm a city on a hill, and I can't be hidden. So today when I go out, this light is going to draw people to me. And it's going to be so easy to deliver the gospel. 
It's going to be so easy to bring salvation, healing. It's going to be so easy to invite people to church because I'm literally a light that they're going to be drawn to. That's what the word of God says we are. And in Psalms, he's saying, send out your light and your truth. Well, guess, guess what? When we go out, he's sending out his light and his truth. It's in us. And then he says, and let them lead me. How are they going to know without you letting your light shine, without you leading them to Jesus? So as beacons to this world, we are not to hide our light or our hope that we have in us. We're to be Christ's light bearers, letting his light shine through us, pointing the way to salvation. So what are some ways, I'm going to do both things here, but what are some ways that we would be hiding our light? What are some things that we would do um, that would hide the fact that we have this, this treasure and this hope? Um, and I kind of rattled a few things off, but, you know, by blending in with the world and, and its ways, you know, what's okay for them isn't okay for us because then they won't even know that you're a Christian. They won't know you're different if you, you know, partake in everything they're partaking in. Um, by keeping silent when people somehow are talking about um, what they believe. And you, you, by getting embarrassed and keeping silent that you're a Christian or that you go to a spirit-filled church or, or whatever. What if you actually stating it piques an interest by the Spirit of God and draws them because they've been wanting more? We're not to be silent. We're to let our light shine. Um, you know, so, so another way that we could let that, that be clouded or covered is by failing to share about Jesus with those who are in darkness. If we have an opportunity to do good and don't do it, that's sin. That's what the Bible says. So always be ready. Always be available to let your light shine and to share the gospel of Christ Jesus. Um, don't let sin dim your witness. Let me say that again. Don't let sin dim your witness. That's like putting off a smoke bomb before you go out to try to let your light shine. <laughs> you still have the light, but something's there to cloud it. You know? So don't dim your witness. Don't try to be like the world. You're set apart. You're supposed to be a city on a hill. You're supposed to be drawing people to safety. How can they follow you if you say you're a Christian, you're a believer, and you're stumbling around because you're not even walking in the light? By denying Christ in certain areas of our lives, meaning like total disobedience, kind of sin too, but, but denying what he's asked of us. Um, these are different ways that, you know, we're not being a beacon. By failing to live out kingdom values for the world to see. By, like I said before, being embarrassed to invite someone or tell someone about Jesus or about coming to church. So how many missed opportunities? How many times have we done those things? We didn't realize that what we were doing was putting a bushel over our light. We were trying to blend in with the crowd. We were embarrassed. Like, think about it. I like that Jesus put it in the Bible. 
Peter walked with Jesus, saw the miracles, actually was used by God, demonstrated miracles, and he put the bushel over it. He puts a covering over his light and goes ahead and gets embarrassed and denies have ever been with Jesus, ever knowing Jesus. Really what he's saying here is that these things actually is you doing that. To, to put a bushel over who you are and who you have, the treasure that you have, by not telling somebody about Jesus or by looking like the world or by, you know, lusting after the things of the world. That This, this world so temporary is going to pass away. What's going to matter is what you did for the Lord. And who you brought with you in your train to heaven, <laughs> you know? And so the whole point is that you have this treasure, and now Jesus said, now that you have it, now go. Be the light. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. At every opportunity, share it. Romans 1.16, Paul said this. I'm sure he had opportunity to deny Christ. I'm sure he had opportunity to be embarrassed. I'm sure he had different opportunities to try to blend in with the crowd. But he didn't take them. He said this, for I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God. This is the very thing that is going to bring them to salvation. This is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. First to the Jew, then to the Gentile. So if they don't hear it from you, they may never hear it because you were their encounter with Jesus. If you don't let your light shine, I don't even want to think about it. Where will they go? We are accountable for who God brings to us. We need to get bold. We need to realize who we are. We are a light. We are a city on a hill. I am a beacon of safety, of protection, of wisdom, of the power of God to bring somebody to salvation. Hallelujah. So don't hide your light. Bring protection. Draw people to Jesus. So how can we shine like a beacon in the night? What are some ways and what does God say? Well, we talked about it last or the week before last about showing love. And um, so showing love to strangers. God, look at Jesus' life. That's what he did every day. He ministered to strangers and to the least of these, to the outcasts, right? So a lot of times it's going to be to people that normally you wouldn't even take a second glance at. But yet you have this perfect opportunity to talk to someone and that somebody needs Jesus. Sometimes you'll find out they already know Jesus and you can say, hey, is there anything else you need prayer for? Or hey, do you have a church? Invite them to church, right? But show the love of God to strangers. In Hebrews 13, 1 through 3, he tells us this. Keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters. And don't forget to show hospitality to strangers, for by doing so, some people have shown hospitality to angels without even knowing it. God's testing you out there. <laughs> Make sure you're doing what is right. Continue to remember those in prison as if um, you were together with them in prison. 
and those who are mistreated as if you yourself were suffering. And that's the point, is, is everybody is not being drawn to Clayton at work because they're not hurting. They're drawn to him because he has some kind of answer that they need. They're drawn to him because he is sharing what he knows to be the answer, and that's Jesus. And so he says, continue. And, and I like that he specifically points out those who are in prison and those who are being mistreated or who are suffering. These are all people that normally you wouldn't take a second glance at. But he died and if you look at Jesus' life, he reached out to the least of these. That was those who were caught in adultery, those who had five husbands and now the one you're not living with, you know, the one you're living with isn't your husband even. You know, um, the tax collectors, the Pharisees, you know, these are the ones Jesus sat and ate with. And I'm not, like, encouraging you to be in the world by yourself because he sent them out two by two. <laughs> you know, have accountability. But be aware of who God is bringing to you on a day-to-day -day basis that you're supposed to open your mouth and let your light shine. He says, um, pray for your enemies. This is another way we can let our light shine. In Matthew 5, 43 through 45, you have heard it said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you that you may be children of your Father in heaven. You're setting a godly example. You're not... Um, you know, casting them out. You're not uh, rejecting them just because they've hurt you or done you wrong. No, God says to love on them. God says to show them love and even pray for them. Lord, deal with them in Jesus' name. Not, not talking about that. They're his children. He'll deal with them, but you're supposed to speak blessing upon them. Lord, bless them. And that can be hard to do when you've been hurt. But God says to do it. I do it every day. No. <laughs> Did you get that one? Okay. Be quick to forgive. Colossians 3. No, he does it every day too. Colossians 3, 12 through 14. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone... Forgive as the Lord has forgiven you. That's hard sometimes, but by doing that, we're letting our light shine to one another, to the unsaved family member who you haven't talked to in 10 years because of some grievance. Walk in love. He says, forgive if there's been a grievance. Why? Because this is how you're showing that you've got Christ living on the inside of you. And he forgave the unforgivable. He died for us when we didn't deserve it. So love them as Christ loved you. But over all these virtues, he says, put on love, which binds them all together perfectly in unity. In Romans, I said it already, Romans 1.16, another way to shine our light, share the gospel. Don't be ashamed of the gospel of Christ Jesus. It is the power of God unto salvation. And so when I, God gave me this incredible opportunity to speak to uh, two to 500 Pakistani people every Friday, I'm not going to just give them a nice little message. Yeah, I'll always speak scripture, but I'm always going to give them the gospel. 
because it's the power of God to save their souls. And so think about that when you're out shopping around or out with family or out to eat or out for a walk or whatever, that you have the treasure and you have the information that will save their soul. I don't think we think about it that seriously. That information that you now have is going to save that person's soul so they can go to heaven. Be bold about your faith. Proverbs 28.1 tells you the righteous are as bold as a lion. So if you need to, and I did, I, I do still need to wake up and say, I'm a light of the world, and I am as bold as a lion. Because naturally, I might look like I have boldness, but when I step off this platform, that same anointing's not there, right? And I feel a little bit more timid, a little bit more shy in, in a place where I don't know somebody, right? And, and so, but Jesus is, he's bold, and he lives on the inside of me. And so therefore, the righteous, which is me, I'm as bold as a lion, because I've got the greater one living on the inside of me, right? Greater is he who is in you than he that is in the world. There's nothing that intimidates Jesus. I mean, casting out demons into pigs from a man who is cutting himself naked in the middle of the desert, and he just approaches them and talk about boldness. Approaching all the lepers, not leopards, lepers. <laughs> he could have easily gotten that sickness. Not him, but he could have. And they were outcasts because it was so contagious. Their limbs are falling off. You know, they've got portions of their face falling off. But yet he approaches them and heals them. Don't be afraid if somebody's sick. Lay hands on the sick and they shall recover, the Bible tells us. Who is living on the inside of you? Let him shine through you. you. The Lord spoke to me one time very strongly. I've shared it with you before. I'm not going to tell you the whole story. But he scolded me when I had the opportunity to, to bring deliverance to people in a prayer line, and I didn't want to because I felt sick. And he scolded me, and he said, you're just the vessel. In other words, I need to use you. Let me through. He needs you every day. Let him shine. Let him use your hands, your feet, your mouthpiece. Invite others to church. Luke 14, 23. Listen to this. Then the master told the servant, go out into all the highways along the hedges. Compel them to come in so that my house may be filled with guests. God gives us an assignment to go out. It's not just about the whoever's in our household and we're happy with that. He wants his house filled with people being healed, delivered, saved, set free. How's that going to happen? It's because we're a beacon. He will draw them. He's our press. He's our PR, right? But we each individually are beacons for the Lord. And we're supposed to let our light shine. This is so cool. I ran across this poem, and I'm not a poet at all, 
but I ran across this poem when I was um, looking for the definition of beacon because that's what God had spoken to me. I ran across this um, really awesome poem, and so I'm going to read it to you. I might not read it the right way, whatever, but that person's not here, so. <laughs> it's called Beacon in the Night. It's, I was just like, wow. Listen to this. Lord, let me shine thy light like a beacon in the night. Let your love shine brightly through my eyes, reflecting the love you give to us so freely, sent down from the heavens above. Help me to shine like a beacon, helping others to find the way. Grant this to me, sweet Jesus, as I pray. Give me your words to share with them, showing others how to wash away their sin. I once was lost out in the sea of darkness until one day you rescued me as I kneeled to pray. Thank you, Jesus, with all my heart. Your light shone so bright, just like a beacon in the night. You guided me through the awful darkness into your glorious light. So, Lord, I'm asking you, let me be a beacon of light for others to plainly see that you give to all your love from today and throughout eternity. This should be our prayer on a day-to-day -day basis. Not to hide this treasure, but let it out. Let it shine. Let others know. Let the glory of God, you know, we, we're all about God's presence, God's glory, and letting him fill us. But the thing is, is we need to realize it's for a purpose. It's not so we can walk around with, with uh, you know, this great treasure and, and, and we're full, you know, sloshing full and, and, you know, dumping over full of God's glory and God's presence for no reason. It's to share. The Bible says, let rivers of living water flow out of your innermost being. You, you're supposed to be filled to share it with others. In John 7, 38, the Amplified Version says this, He who believes in me, he who trusts in me or relies on me, as the scriptures have said, from his innermost being will flow continually rivers of living water it's flowing so that it touches others it's not you're not being filled just for your own good it's to touch others lives same thing with the gifts of the spirit we love the gifts of the spirit but the whole point isn't to puff you up it's to touch others lives it's to show the love of jesus so again let your light shine before men so that they may know your Father in heaven. In John 8, 12, he said, Jesus said unto them, said, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. So if you're following Jesus, you have this light. You have what it takes. You have the boldness. You have the treasure. You know the way, the truth, and the life. But how will they hear unless you let it shine, unless you preach the gospel, right? Let's stand to our feet. I want you to repeat a confession after me, maybe a little bit of an illustration of maybe what you should do each morning <laughs> to remind yourself of who you are, what you have on the inside of you. Say, I am a beacon in the night. I am a city on a hill that cannot be hid. 
My light burns bright in darkness. Wherever I go, the darkness is dispelled because of my light. Darkness does not cloud me. I stand out in a crowd. I show the way to Jesus. I speak Jesus because I am bold. The righteous are as bold as a lion. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ Jesus, for it is the power of God until salvation. I lead others to salvation by shining my light into the darkness for the world to see. Hallelujah. Praise God. So I just want to encourage you today, let your light shine. I believe that we're going to see a chain reaction. If we'll just start each day with that, you're going to see that God's going to draw people to you like a moth to a flame. It may not always be just salvation, which is the most important thing, but it might be that they just need a prayer. They need an invitation. They need to be recognized. Whatever, you have the Holy Spirit living in you, and he'll show you. He'll give you the words to say. So you don't even need to worry about, what should I say? What should I say? Just depend on the Holy Spirit living in you. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord, Pastor.